0: Welcome back to the Remodel Your SEO Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Pateau, joined today by Stephen Fielding, one of our content marketing pros. And today, we're going to answer this question. What should I write about on my website? And so let's dive in. Let's get some specific answers on this question. So by this point, you've heard it from us approximately 27,000 times that you need to consistently blog, you need to update your website pages, and you need to develop lead capture content to bolster your entire in-man marketing strategy. So you already know that those are the types of content you should be publishing. Cool, but what topics are highest performing? This is a looming question for most contractors. And Stephen, I'm going to let you dive into that question first, because you've been leading the builder funnel charge towards getting tangible topics and examples available to home builders and remodelers for years. So Stephen, break it down for us. What are good topics for blogs, website pages, and lead capture content?
1: Yeah, definitely a great question. So I've been doing this for almost six years now, and I think we've come up with thousands, it's got to be thousands of website page topics, blog topics, and everything else. And some of my clients have as many as 600 blog posts on their sites now. So after doing that for a while, you do learn a couple pages and different things that are going to work better than others. So I'll just list a couple of these out and then we can kind of go from there. So Perfect. yeah, that includes uh, core website pages. So the core pages on your website, this could be like your homepage, services pages, etc. We do see some of the best results from having the services page, which is pretty common, but also individual service pages. So think about like your services page lists, you know, kitchen remodeling, bathroom remodeling, et cetera. And then if you have individual ones, you would build individual pages for each of those. And that helps you rank in the search engine results for those individual terms and not just kind of like the overarching term. Um, so that's one good example. The service area page, this is a page that we build a lot um, and we don't often see on some of our clients' websites when we start working with them, but having a page that clearly defines where you work and then you can even break it down further into specific neighborhoods and towns, but that that is a really good one um, for core website pages. And then other things like you gotta have your about page, you should definitely list like testimonials, reviews, et cetera and definitely having at least a contact page, if not other pages on your website that can convert website traffic into leads. Um, so that's just a couple of core website pages. Uh, Danielle, do you have any, anything to add on those before I jump into blog topics?
0: Yeah, um, Project Spotlights usually do super well, um, especially from promotional channels like email marketing and social media. Those do really well. And again, having content that is... I mean, it drives traffic, helps your overall site's website authority. And so I recommend doing those as well. And Stephen, you've had lots of success with lifestyle types of blogs and trend blogs, too. Do you want to dive into those a little bit?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, besides talking about everything in your industry, home building, uh, remodeling, things specifically about that, a lot of my clients have had really good success. And these are remodelers and builders with these types of lifestyle posts. So for example, this could be something about about the area, like the best towns in the area. This could be about like vacation things to do, um, cost of living, general like lifestyle type content. And the reason this works so well is you're like, you're probably thinking, why would I blog about that? I do remodeling or I do building, is because at a certain point you do that content, you write blog posts about that. And that's all very important, but you might hit a wall. You might get to a certain point where you can't get further uh, because you've already ranked or you're already kind of tapping out on that content. So by talking about your area, you're going to, be going to become what we would call like a local influencer. And then people in your area that may be interested in your service are going to start finding you. And at the very least, now they're going to know maybe who you are and be able to either you know, contact you directly if they're interested Or recommend you to someone else. And once again, these are things like things to do in the area. Um, What is the cost of living in the area? What are the best towns to visit or live in in the area? Maybe highlighting certain neighborhoods and like features. You could even tie in remodeling or building and talk about like different types of homes in that neighborhood and things to do. So it it does kind of go one step further away from remodeling and building, but it's still very relevant because your audience does live in that area. And they're going to be searching for those things as well.
0: Definitely. Lifestyle posts are surprisingly effective. And they can still garner qualified leads, not just traffic to your website. But you can get qualified leads who journey through the types of content that you guide them through from these lifestyle blogs. So they start looking at this lifestyle blog and then they journey through your website and they become a qualified lead because of the internal linking and the call-to-action buttons you have to your premium content. Something also that works really well is writing a blog that answers kind of the best of questions. So, for example, the best luxury home builders in SoCal, or the top home remodelers in Pittsburgh. And actually putting your competitors on the list has been surprisingly effective. Um, You actually start to rank for some authority of the entire industry, And you've got your competitors' names on your website at this point. And so you can start to be visible in some searches related to your competitors, but you're actually getting that traffic onto your website instead.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'll just say one one thing about that is so we kind of pioneered that concept, which is very new as far as like, what is it like to write a post that's called the best home builders in your location, right? And you're probably thinking like, why would I want to, create content and publish it on my site, linking to all your competitors. Well, there's definitely a couple good reasons. One, it's new and innovative. And if you're mentioning them, they are more likely to share that piece of content because you mentioned them as one of the best or something like that. So it's highly shareable. You might get your competitors even sharing that post as well. But also you are, like Danielle said, more likely to rank because that is a search for term. Like people are searching for, you know, the best home builders in a location or the best remodelers in a location. So having that type of content can really help. Even though it is kind of on the fringe, it is probably going to help you more than it's going to hurt you because then you will own that term versus some of these other sites like, um, I don't know, Zillow or like different other third-party sites. House, House owns all the like best remodelers. You're going to find them first. But if you write this, there's a potential that you could even outrank some of these big competitors as well.
0: That's so true, Stephen, and this may be something where contractors and remodelers who are listening to this episode have to shift their mindset a bit. I mean, not all of your website content should be focused on a prospect who is in the final stages of decision making to start a remodel or build a new home. To be successful in your long-term strategy, you need to leave plenty of room in your content plan to answer questions for researchers who are looking at other types of solutions and for researchers who may not even know that they have a need for your solution yet. So people are looking for different kinds of answers depending on the stage of the buyer's journey that they are in. And because of this, the kind of content that is most relevant to them can be one of three main types. It can be top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, or bottom of the funnel also known as tofu, mofu, or bofu.
1: Yeah, definitely. The different types of content here is going to be very important. You can't just have one, you got to have a mix and that's going to give you the best results overall. So Danielle, can we get some clarification on what exactly these different types of content are?
0: Yeah, definitely. So let me start with tofu or top of the funnel content, which focuses on topics that are relevant to your target audience's stage of life and helps them solve their day-to-day problems. So these are going to be topics that are regularly searched for by your target audience, but are not necessarily directly related to home remodeling or home building. For example, a blog like the top eight family-friendly activities this winter in Baltimore, or which schools are best in Tallahassee, or the three best storage units in Littleton. Each of these topics are not directly related to home remodeling or home building, but they're related to problems that people who are moving to a new location are trying to solve.
1: Definitely. And a lot of the content that I mentioned earlier, this top of the funnel lifestyle type content falls into this range. So it's not going to maybe convert at the same rate as something at the bottom of the funnel or the middle of the funnel, but it can drive a lot of traffic. And then the relevant audience might continue on to read different content on your site that's more, you know, further down the funnel there. And once again, like Danielle mentioned a couple examples here, but things like top, the top events in your area, things to do best of anything, it could be anything related to your business, you might list the best remodelers, the best certain types of businesses or anything like that. Those are all good candidates for top of the funnel content. 100%.
0: And lifestyle posts are top of the funnel content because they relate to this broader audience who are at the top of the funnel. They don't necessarily know that they want to work with you or remodel or build a home yet. Then there's middle of the funnel or mofu content, which focuses on topics that are helpful for prospects who are considering types of solutions to their core problem which may be needing a bigger house or an updated space. So that's their main problem. It's not necessarily that they know they want to remodel yet or build a new home. They just know they need more space or they want to update it, make it more modern. So when reading middle of the funnel content, they haven't ruled out other types of solutions like buying a resale house that fits their needs. And they only have just started evaluating vendor options. So they're looking at your competitors right now too. When your audience is at this stage of the buyer's journey, they're looking for answers to their logistics-focused questions to determine if it's feasible for them. How much does it cost? How long does it take? What is the best option? When, what can they expect if pursuing other options? These are the questions they're asking that you should be answering on your website to get them there and aware that your business exists and you're a great option for them.
1: Yeah, definitely. And just reiterating that the middle of the funnel content, it's important to think of the questions your prospects are asking, because we listed a couple of topics just there, like how much does it cost? How long does it take, et cetera. But by thinking about the questions your audience is already asking, you can create some really great content for that. And then you're going to be that kind of like go-to resource for answering their questions. And they're going to remember that later and then go on to read even Further down into your blogs and everything, and discover some of that bottom of the funnel content. And then you're more likely to convert them either from a visitor to a lead or from a lead to a customer.
0: Definitely. And these middle of the funnel topics are really good for SEO because I would say most of the questions people are typing into search engines are MOFU, they're middle of the funnel questions. And so, if you really want to rank your site well, you need to focus on answering these questions even though they're only slightly related to what you do and your particular services. Then you also have bottom of the funnel content. And so that's when you really get in to showcasing your business, your process, and how everything's going to work out if people work with you. So these content pieces are focused on um, the stage in the buyer's journey when they've already figured out, okay, this is the type of solution I want. This is who I think are in my top one or two for who I want to work with, and so they're narrowing down their list. They're figuring out how to make it happen. So topics like the five best home builders in Rich Chaw perform really well, along with topics like why design build. So explaining the design build process, and it's these bottom of the funnel blogs that conversion rates usually are much higher, where they're scheduling consultations, they're submitting forms. And they're most effective because your audience is further along in the buyer's journey. So oftentimes, if you see that a couple of topics are driving most of your form submissions and your lead capture, that doesn't mean your other content isn't working to drive people to that bottom of the funnel content. You need all of it to work in tandem as a system.
1: Yes, for sure. And Bottom of the funnel content doesn't necessarily have to be just blogs, although you might want to write these blogs like best home builders, why choose you as a remodeler, etc. But your content pages can also be considered, you know, top of the funnel, middle middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel content. So thinking of certain pieces of content that are com- going to convert people into leads. So this could be done through something like premium content too, which would be ebooks, guides, something that someone exchanges their information for or something like awards, testimonials, reviews. These things are something that someone looks at, they've already determined, they probably want your service. Now they're looking at companies like Danielle said, but how can you show them like you're different or that you're the one that they should choose? So having that type of content as well, not just blogs, but also think of your website as a whole is gonna be very
0: important. Definitely, and that's how this all really relates to SEO. I know you might be thinking, well. I thought we were going to talk about just how to get a checklist of things to do. Really, all of this content is driving SEO value for your website. That's why we talk about it. That's why a lot of what we talk about is content marketing related. So I recommend you start writing your middle of the funnel and bottom of the funnel content first. And then once you have around 10 main topics covered, to start sprinkling in top of the funnel content that helps to drive more traffic to your website. Then you can be sure to link to middle-of-the-funnel content from your top-of-the-funnel content and link to your bottom-of-the-funnel content from your middle-of-the-funnel content to guide your website visitors through the content you have written, answering their top-of-mind questions at each stage of the buyer's journey. This is known as implementing internal linking strategies, and these start to give your content an even stronger foothold in search engine results.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. If you're starting to create content, make sure you start with the MoFu and Bofu or middle of the funnel and bottom of the funnel content. You'll need some strong pieces to move people down the funnel. Then once you have those taken care of, you can worry about increasing traffic generation and consistent content creation with Tofu or top of the funnel content.
0: Definitely. You want to build from the bottom up. I mean, it doesn't help to start building a house with the roof. And the same principle applies here. So, now I'm going to switch gears a little bit and take us into the world of internal and backlinking strategies and how they relate to your tofu, mofu, and bofu content and your overall SEO ranking potential. So, I have this mental picture in my head when I think about how linking improves the impact of your content. It's a comparison between the scatter effect of buckshot and the capturing effect of a net launcher. Your buckshot or relevant to content without any linking strategy, it's going to make an impact, but it will be more hit and miss. A net launcher, launcher, on the other hand, or content with internal and backlink strategy is going to better capture your target audience because the pieces are all tied together. Google notices this too and correlates your quality content across these topics as an indication of your knowledge and thought leadership, which is beneficial for your overall domain authority.
1: Yes, I love that. There is more. Con- the more content you have, the more intertwined your content pieces are together, the better. Is, so, so is internal linking and backlinking the same thing?
0: They're actually distinct. They're separate. So internal links are links from your content to your content. In other words, they're links from one part of your website to another part of your website. Backlinks, on the other hand, are links from someone else's website to your website. Both internal links and backlinks are important to building up your domain authority because they prove to search engines that you are knowledgeable on the ins and outs of the subject, as well as the authoritative thought leader, because other websites are voting for your content when you get backlinks.
1: Yeah, definitely. And so, so internal links and backlinks, um, I guess, can you explain how you can control or which ones you can control and exactly how to do that?
0: Sure. So the short version of the story is you can control internal links. Uh, You can only to some degree control backlinks because you ask for them. So your team controls internal links and the most hands-off form of backlink collection happens when you become an expert on a topic and have published quality content that other content writers want to share with their audience via an external link to you from their website or promotional channels. This often takes the form of writing guest posts and then having a link in your author bio to your brand's website or a link in your guest blog to other content on your website, too. That would also be a backlink. So this kind of backlink collection is hard to come by and comes through a lot of hard work over spans of time in order for you to become well-known and reputable. That's why most businesses employ backlink collection campaigns, where they either reach out to webmasters and ask for a link on specific pieces of content or purchase backlinks
1: yeah, so we've seen it before where you can purchase backlinks in some cases you can also go get them through some of these um, normal methods of like reaching out to webmasters and like going through the guest posting strategy and everything um, and this is this is a common strategy in certain cases, but uh, let's talk about a little bit like is it okay to purchase backlinks is there any? any situation in which that's um, okay to do or should you avoid it altogether?
0: Great question. There are ways to purchase reputable backlinks and usually this is by paying third-party directories to list your business. So um, sites like House and I think Alignable, um, Upwork, those kinds of sites, you can pay to be listed on their best of. So that would count as a paid backlink Um, Other backlink purchasing options are from um, sources that are usually more detrimental than helpful, especially after the Penguin algorithm update that basically hunted down sites that were employing Black Hat backlink collection schemes. And it's pretty easy to tell when a site has implemented a backlink purchasing campaign because there's usually a huge jump in backlink count. And most of them will come from foreign websites or pharmaceutical websites worth blushing about.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, And what should someone do if they purchase poor backlinks and now want to get rid of them?
0: Well, first of all, if you're thinking about purchasing backlinks, I would recommend that you don't. If you've already purchased backlinks, the unfortunate thing is there's not an easy undo button. There are ways you can get rid of them, but be prepared for a significant time investment. Now, everyone talks about how you should just create and submit a disavow spammy backlinks file to Google. But Google often looks to see if you have reached out to the webmaster of the sites first to ask for the spammy backlinks to be removed personally. These actions are to be noted in your disavow file, so Google's going to look for that, and it takes a lot of time and outreach to see if you can make that happen. Sometimes backlink purchase campaigns are done in a way that the spammy backlinks will start to drop off after a certain amount of time, so you can also wait it out to some extent. But if your website has received a manual penalty from Google, which you can find out by looking in Google Search Console, then your hand is pretty forced and you need to take some swift action to remove or disavow these spammy backlinks to give your website a fighting chance in search results moving forward.
1: Yeah, and just to reiterate, it's probably not the best to purchase backlinks. You know, we preach a lot about inbound marketing specifically. And if you're going to go and try to get backlinks and and traffic and leads, everything. If you go about it in a way that is reputable and you're trying to help, that's going to be the best way. There really are no shortcuts. You can only do kind of the right things in the right order. And that's what we talk about here. Um, And then you're going to get the best results. So um, yeah, this was some great information, Danielle. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Stephen. And we've covered a lot of ground with what kinds of content to start writing, including top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, and bottom of the funnel content, and how to improve your SEO and guide your audience by implementing linking strategies. But I'm sure you have some questions of your own, so be sure to let us know in the comment section below and keep striving towards a content marketing strategy that is more like a net launcher than like Buckshot. If you're looking for tips on getting started, we talked more extensively about how often to write content in episode four, So if you missed it, be sure to tune in for recommendations regarding content frequency. Then, next Thursday, Mal and I are going to talk about if reviews matter for SEO. Spoiler, they do. I'm your host, Daniel Foteau.
1: And I'm Stephen Hilding.
0: And we're here to help you get found and get you leads. Catch you next time.